We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. DFS OGs talking week 12, and we're going to say a happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. You're getting us the day before, but the holidays here, it's always a good time to play some daily fantasy. So we will break down the three-game Thanksgiving slate. Looks like a fun slate. A lot of ways that you can go. We'll hit on the main slate. Maybe we'll tell a few stories from the old RG party. Had a good time with my boys, Derek. Chop, boys, how we doing? How was the travel back? Everybody survived the party. Chop, let's start with you, man. How we doing, brother? Uh, you know, I'm I'm still trying to uh, catch up on my sleep. Uh, <laughs> last night was a lot better, but I need one more big night's sleep to really catch up, man. That was about three nights of uh, a lack of sleep and everything. And, you know, man, I don't even know how I used to do it when I was 21 or 22, man. You, I could do them nights and bounce back and do them seven days a week, man. But now, whew, get a couple in a row like that, and it, it's over. It's, it's Party's over with for me, man. I'm getting old, man. (laughs) Oh, I'm with you. I did it hard Saturday night. We did it hard all day Sunday. By the time I got back to the room Sunday night, it was was lights out for the beer man. So the young guy here, though, Derek, the party carried on for him Sunday (laughs) night. So, Noto, how we doing, man? Yeah, it's going to take me a few days to recover. Uh, (laughs) Being an OG, I should know better. I should know that I need to pace myself with these things. But we went out Friday night at the house party, and then we did Top Golf Saturday day, and then we did the Buffalo Saturday night, and then Sunday. Then I couldn't even get people to go out to pizza because they still had uh, $3,000 left on the bar tab, so we had to stay and spend all that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's going to take me a week or so. Yeah, I mean, big thanks to the guys over at Draft. You know, through a couple hell of a parties. You know, you guys had the house party as well, but – uh, they did it right. The live final went well. It was great to see everybody I haven't seen in a while. Great to meet some new people and already looking forward to next year. I think I'll be recovered by that time. So let's get in. And speaking of the RG party, I'm going to I'm gonna start with pour one out. This has nothing to do with football. I'm pouring one out, boys, for my damn bull riding career. And I don't even know if I can call it riding a bull. You know, that that might be the wrong term. Somehow Derek convinced me to get on a damn bull. It lasted probably less than a second. 
Yeah, that first and last time. I promise you that I ride a bull. There may be footage out there somewhere. Yeah. We didn't see that, but I'm going to start out. Third, third and wrong is me getting on a bull. Give you credit. Uh, you beat Dan, and that was the whole bet. You beat him by a point one seconds. Oh, I guess a win is a win it was, is what they say. But, 3.9 uh, and 3.8 or the official okay, Dan, you hear that? I didn't know that, but I'll, I'll take that W. So, yeah, good times. All right, let's get into football here. No one cares about bull riding and, and my stories in Nashville. So let's start with the Lions. Always our first game on Thanksgiving. They're at home hosting the Vikings in this one. And I was looking at some point spreads. This one open as a pick, Derek, and it's already Minnesota minus three. So – a lot of money coming in on the Vikings in this one. This game, very intriguing. You know, there's so many different options that you can go to here in this game. So hit on your favorite plays on DraftKings, and you got a lot of cheap guys in this game. Uh, maybe some fades here, but there's a lot of decisions to be made in this one. So Vikings, Lions, what do you got, Noto? I like this one quite a bit. Uh, the other two games I expect to be a little bit more popular, which never hurts uh, in tournaments. For the Vikings side of the ball, looks like Keenum is going to draw the start. They announced that today. Uh, you know, 5,300 on DraftKings, don't mind that. It's not really a slate where we need the value. There are a lot of good value plays here, so I probably won't be using a ton of them. But um, the running backs, I really like Jarek McKinnon. I mean, Latavius Murray's been scoring all the touchdowns, but McKinnon has snapped, out-snapped him each of the last four games. Seen at least six targets in three of his last five, and, uh, you know, I kind of just like, you know, his dual uh, threat on uh, on a site like DraftKings where we get the full PPR as far as the receivers go, uh, if Darius Slay is going to shadow Diggs, which you know hopefully we'll hear, we'll hear about before the game starts, and I really like Thielen again. This guy's just been awesome. He's caught at least five five passes in each of his uh, games this season. And then Kyle Rudolph, don't mind him as well. Uh, Lions, one of the worst teams at defending tight ends this season, ranked thirty first in DVOA. So a lot of lot of lot lot to like on the Viking side of the ball uh, for the Lions. Uh, I like Theo Riddick as a value play, only 3,600, played over 50% of the snaps last week, and he had nine rushes, which was a season high. If he's going to get, you know, six, eight rushes with uh, his pass game involvement, I like him, especially if they're going to be playing from behind. Uh, you mentioned the line movement, which is probably good for Riddick. Not a ton of interest in Abdullah. It'll be interesting to see who Xavier Rhodes shadows. Uh, if it ends up being Marvin Jones, and I'll have quite a bit of Golden Tate. He did have 16 catches against them in their last two games uh, last season. It's pretty quiet in the first game of the season uh, against the Vikings, but uh, good history against them uh, other than that first game. no, Not a ton of interest in Stafford, uh, but I do like Riddick and Tate. Yeah, Riddick's cheap. Uh, Kenny Galladay, a name I have some interest in. He's back in that lineup, and if, if Rhodes is on Jones, we know Galladay's the other guy on the outside, and they're not going to be afraid to take those deep shots uh, against this Vikings secondary. So he's a name I like as far as the Minnesota running backs chop. For me, it's Latavius Murray makes more sense on FanDuel. We know touchdowns are a little bit more valuable over there. McKinnon probably more valuable on DraftKings. So your thoughts on the running backs there and the rest of this game. Again, there, there's a lot to get to in this one. I'm with Derek. I really like this game. I think there's a lot of potential plays here. Oh, yeah. So first of all, let's, let's uh, you know, give a little uh, proper respect to the whole Thanksgiving Day slate, how fun that is. Uh, you know, I think it's – as a true sports fan, you really – you really dig these things on Thanksgiving Day, and I guess the best thing about them is everybody loves Thanksgiving. You love—I mean, I love the food, and I love you know. Oh, all right, it's ready now, you know. And you go and get your turkey and whatever, you know, get, get all the good trimmings and all that. But once that food is gone, once it settles down, you kind of look around and you you know, 
you're kind of stuck there with a bunch of people that, <laughs> you know, you'd rather not be watching the game with. So, you know, thank God for football and, and it kind of lets you pass the, the few hours till they all leave your house. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And uh, as far as the game itself, though, yeah, Latavius. Oh, I'm going to use my third and wrong here on Latavius Murray. I'm, I'm going to kick that one off already. I didn't, I didn't even realize this was the first game, but this is the guy I've highlighted. As, I was being wrong on him. Like when the injury happened earlier this year and they lost uh, the rookie and uh, everybody thought McKinnon, especially after that first game, McKinnon, McKinnon, I kind of wrote him off. I chalked him up. He's dust and McKinnon was going to take over, but 84 carries the last five weeks from Latavius Murray getting in the end zone. He's a bull. He's not the same guy. I think he was those first couple years in Oakland where I think we, he, he had all the metrics on his side. You know, he was one of those player profiler guys. Everybody loved, but now he's a bull, man. He and he runs hard, so I give him credit, dude. I was wrong on him. He's he may actually be end up being a good back here. This game looks good. Uh, I'll start off with Minnesota. I do like Murray, but I'm probably going to lean McKinnon in this game only because I think Detroit is a little bit underrated in the run defense when they're healthy, which they are now. They're actually pretty pretty decent on run defense, so it's going to take a guy like McKinnon coming out of the backfield on passes and stuff to do it. And I understand Derek, uh, Derek's point on Thielen, but, man, on, the, on a three-game slate like this, uh, maybe Thielen goes off and he's the guy you have to have. But otherwise, I don't, I don't think you win the big, big money on a three-game slate, uh, you know, with 50,000, 100,000 other entries uh, with a guy like Thielen. I think you have to go with digs in big tournaments because far less on guy and uh, just as much upside and explosion on the turf and everything. But – uh, the ownership will, is it just plays such a huge factor in these short slates. So I, I'm going to lean towards digs in tournaments. Now, if you're in the if you're like Derek and you're a big baller and you're in the Thunderdome and you've only got to beat out a hundred other guys to grab that 50k, Thielen makes a lot of sense and he probably should be the higher you know the higher owned guy on your teams. But uh, I'm going to go with digs in the big tournaments. On the flip side, I've seen these Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day games too much in Detroit to think that Matthew Stafford's going to come in there on Thursday morning and just roll over and not have a good game. Price tag is really juicy on DraftKings. Uh, I think Stafford gets it done. All kinds of targets he can throw to. If, if it's not Jones, it's Tate and Riddick and even Ebron. So I think Stafford has a good game and is going to be one of those guys at the top of the quarterback charts when it's all said and done on the three-game slate. Uh, I would lean Riddick, Riddick in this game because of the pass catching, and I don't think they're going to run the ball into the ground with Amir Abdullah. And uh, right now, the one team I've made, I made it on FanDuel because I went ahead and signed up for a bunch of games before I left Nashville, which was very smart of me. I don't want to toot my own horn there. but <laughs> So I'm going to get some Thanksgiving Day action on FanDuel. First team I made had Marvin Jones on it just because I think it's a nice contrarian play to Golden Tate in a non-PPR format where Tate's better on DraftKings, definitely. I think Jones has a chance to hit for a long bomb here on on Thursday morning. So I'm going to lean Jones on the non-PPR side like FanDuel. Now let's go back to the beginning, Chop. This is why we love you is you, you just lay it out honestly. I thought you were going to come in all heartfelt about Thanksgiving, and you just told her how it was. Like, get these people out of my house. and. Okay, uh, hey, I apologize if I'm the only guy who feels like that. No, but, no, no, I'm agreeing with you right here. After a while, it's like, okay, I'm good. I saw enough faces. Uh, let's, I want to watch some football in peace. So daily gets us through that. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. <laughs> All right, Chop, let's move on. We got Chargers-Dallas in the afternoon game. You're obviously the Dallas guy here, familiar with the team, and been a struggle. You know, since Zeke Elliott was out, 
We know they've had offensive line woes. That hasn't helped. And the Chargers, team that's starting to come on. You know, we seemingly see this every season where they make a charge, no pun intended, but they're looking good. Keenan Allen got it done. My question here is Melvin Gordon, you know, and I think he's going to be very popular. If you look at this slate, there's not really anyone you, you have to pay up for. You know, we don't have the Steelers on this slate like we've had in years past. So I think just out of people are going to have money left over, Gordon's going to be a popular option. As of now, I'm fading Melvin Gordon. Am I crazy for not using Melvin Gordon in this three-game slate? No, I'm not crazy. He doesn't He doesn't necessarily stand out to me as a – like you said, there's nobody that jumps out salary-wise and, and performance. I mean, I don't think he stands out as a guy, well, man, if I don't have him. Of course, he could end up with a three-touchdown game. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, he's Melvin Gordon. That's what he does. And actually, I did – come across something today it was a bit odd he averages about 11 and a half DraftKings points at home mm-hmm. and he averages 25 on the road and maybe it's just because philip rivers isn't as good on the road or, but there's something there where he's the opposite of what we've always been told you want your running back at home as a as a home favorite well no melvin gordon is pretty damn good on the road as a road dog so uh he could be that guy that you you know you end up if you don't have him you're not going to cash but um just looking at it on the surface, not not hindsight. It, it, he doesn't jump off as a guy you have to have. So, yeah, if he's going to be popular, you could play the you could play the ownership game. Uh, and I'm going to base everything I say on just a, the fact that it's a three game slate, and I'm trying to win GPPs. Uh, because of that, a guy like Ty- Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin, who I, who I wouldn't play otherwise on a on a big eleven game slate. They have to be on your radar on this slate because one home run against this defense can be – that's the guy who you have to own on the slate to win GPPs. So take a look at Tyrell and Travis Benjamin and maybe get away from Keenan Allen on a, on a little three-game slate. With that being said, obviously Keenan Allen is a great play, especially on DraftKings against Dallas, but uh, the home run hitters could be the ones that win it for you. And I'm not going to sleep on Hunter Henry as a nice tight end option this week especially if Sean Lee is out again. Uh, that's going to weaken that Dallas defense once again. And going over to Dallas, man, everything hinges on Tyrone Smith playing this game or not. If he doesn't play, I'm going to have a hard time trusting this offense again, especially with these pass rushers for the Chargers. But if Smith is in there, then I, I think D- Dak Prescott ends up being the highest scoring quarterback on this three-game slate. So everything hinges on that offensive line and its injuries. And if Dak Prescott's the highest scoring guy, then I'll take a chance with his receivers. I'm not scared of Dez, definitely not scared of Terrence Williams or Jason Witten or even Cole Beasley. So uh, it all depends on the Tyrone Smith injury. But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen enough out of Rod Smith to want to roster him. And Alfred Morris could be a nice little sneaky play. But, you know, if I think Dak is going to be the guy, I probably don't want to go Dak and Alfred Morris and Dez Bryant. So uh, I'll probably have to draw the line there somewhere. And, and Smith is back practicing, so a couple quick notes, and we'll go over to Derek. Smith is back. I think he plays in this game, and Dak's interesting. You know, coming off a couple duds, you know, I think people are going to go to uh, Stafford, a Cousins, who we'll get to next game, who you know feel a little bit safer. Dak's got the highest upside to me out of this quarterback group. So you know, I like him as maybe a contrarian play. Tough to get contrarian when there's only six quarterbacks, but I think he'll be a lot less owned than he probably should be. Going back to those Chargers receivers, Chop, don't forget about Mike Williams as well. Eight targets in that last game. So he's kind of my cheap. I agree with you. I think one of these Chargers receivers, and it's going to be a head scratcher, which one it is, but 
3,100 for Mike Williams as long as he's playing. Questionable as of now, but I think he'll be all right. Eight targets, five catches in that last game. They want to get this guy going. So uh, he's another name. And Rod Smith, I, I have more interest in Rod Smith than you do. So we'll see. Derek maybe can break the tie. But he actually outsnapped Alfred Morris. And a lot of that was the game. They were down. But I think he's the better option on DraftKings. Just, a, I think, a better pass catcher there. So I have some interest in him on the cheap as well. So, Derek, another game. we got a lot to get to here. Thoughts on Chargers, Cowboys. Yeah, this is a really fun slate. Uh, I like all three of these games. On the Chargers side, I do like Melvin Gordon quite a bit. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of people are already on the fade. Uh, Gordon bandwagon. I don't, you know, ownership-wise, if you're playing the huge tournaments like Chop said, I don't mind the fade just because, uh, you know, if he, if he goes off, you're not really getting an edge on the field. And if he busts, then you're uh, making up a lot of ground. But uh, for smaller tournaments, for cash games, I think you'd lock him in there. No Sean Lee for Dallas. Uh, if you look at the box score last week, you're going to see Eckler with a lot more snaps uh, and touches than he should have or should have had. And uh, Gordon saw 100% of the carries in the first half against uh, against the Bills last week. He was uh, well on his way to having a huge game before that got out of hand. I like Keenan Allen, but uh, not really a must play for me. I mean, he's a, he's a solid play. Not really forcing him in there just because I'm going to have so much Gordon. Um, you know, and Chop did point out those good road splits for Gordon. I do think Rivers kind of checks down a little bit more uh, with, with Gordon in, on the road. My third and wrong is going to be on Hunter Henry. You know, I really expected him to have a big season. He's yet to clear 15 fantasy points all year, and he's yet to clear five fantasy points in any of his last three games. Uh, he's even been – he's still getting outplayed by Antonio Gates, so I can't really play Hunter Henry even against Dallas. And, uh, you know, I like, the, I like the GPP call on those cheap – uh, Chargers receivers for the Cowboys side. Yeah, it does look like Tyron Smith is going to play, which is great news for Dak. Uh, has an 11% sack rate with him and a 34% sack rate without him. So definitely a huge difference. Um, we know the Chargers like to put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. So I really like the rushing upside for Dak in this one. He's going to be making a lot of plays with his feet. And so, uh, you know, I kind of like the all three of us are on him. Definitely a good tournament play that should go uh, under the radar. As for the running backs, Kind of agreeing with Chop on this one. I like Alfred Morris a little bit more. I just think uh, the game flow in the first two games without Zeke has been so bad that uh, Smith's been getting more snaps. I do think he's a more talented back of the two, but I think the the Cowboys want to establish a run, something they haven't been able to do uh, without Zeke. So I'm, I'm going to side with Morris on this one. Uh, and then for Dak and his pass catchers, I don't mind Des Bryant or Jason Witten. I think Witten's going to be really low on just because uh, there's so many good tight ends in the slate. All right, let's move on to the nightcap on Thanksgiving with the Giants and the Redskins, uh, NFC East battle here. And, you know, the Giants, we'll see. The big underdogs going into this game. And uh, Redskins, you know, played well in New Orleans, almost pulled it off. So, you know, are, are they deflated? Are they ready to go here? I think this is a great spot for the passing game, Derek. I mentioned Kirk Cousins uh, earlier. I think he's probably your cash game option uh, on this slate, in my opinion. And these Washington receivers were running out of options here. It used to be, you know, there's so many options with Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed. And now we're down to a Crowder, uh, Vernon Davis. So who are your favorite Washington receivers? Do you have to pair Kirk Cousins with somebody? And then Giants, is it same old story? Is it Evan Ingram? Is it Sterling Shepard? Dark was starting to come on. So uh, another great game here. So who are your favorite options in this one? 
Yeah, on Washington side, I agree with you on Kirk Cousins. He's definitely my cash game quarterback this week. It's pretty easy to pay up for him um, just because there are, are so many good values. As far as P. Ryan goes, I mean, I'm almost playing him as a block in cash games. We, we're projecting him at 70% ownership right now, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, I know he's uh, going to have all the workload, but this is a game where they could end up just airing it out a little bit. So I kind of like the passing game more in tournaments. Uh, a lot of people don't like playing the running back and receivers from the same team. So I think that could naturally just lower the ownership for Crowder and Doxon and Vernon Davis. Um, but yeah, I like all three. I like pairing them with Cousins. So any route you want to go there is fine with me. The Giants are really bad against the run and really bad against the pass. And uh, Doxon, one more point on him. Uh, his target share has increased in each of the last four weeks. 22% uh, last week. For the Giants, it's just tough sell on anyone here. I mean, Evan Ingram would have been my – or he's my pouring out. I mean, I just – couldn't get in, couldn't get anything going. He was the only pass catcher that was healthy, at least the only good one, and uh, basically did nothing last week. Kind of bond my chances in the King of the Beach, but uh, luckily that'll lower his ownership this week. We know the Redskins aren't good against tight ends. You can beat them over the middle. So if you want to go back to him, I don't mind that. Doesn't sound like Sterling Shepard's going to play. So uh, King and Lewis decent uh, tournament plays at thirty two and thirty three hundred on DraftKings. I'm interested to see what you guys think on Darkwa. You know, I have mixed feelings on this one. You know, last week the game flow worked out a little bit better for him, but uh, they're going to be playing from behind in this one, so we could see a little bit more Shane Vereen, uh, which I don't love. So, want to hear your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I'm kind of with a dark one, big workload, like you said, but they were in the game. You know, can they be in this game? They were big underdogs against the Chiefs, so you know, big underdogs here doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to compete. But I worry as well. As far as Shepard goes. We'll see. You know, he practiced somewhat yesterday, none today. So migraines, it's not like he has a pulled hamstring. We, you know, he's either good to go or he's not. But love seeing those cues next to these guys' names, Chop, that, that naturally will lower uh, the ownership on these guys. Plus, with it being Thanksgiving, we talked about the old turkey. Some people may fall asleep and not make the adjustments they need to make. So, you know, Thanksgiving is a, is a different animal in that sense that you got to be paying attention and before I forget, leave money on the table in tournaments. You know, don't zero out a lineup with three games. You're not going to get it done that way. So chop Giants, Redskins, and another game. There's so many options in this one. Who are some of your favorites? Well, it's all that tryptophan right. in that turkey, that? man. Knocks, knocks, that knocks you on your ass, Thank man. You. I was looking for <laughs> that. Knocks you out, but – uh, I mean, the interesting thing on this game, Sterling Shepard, especially if he doesn't play, will be that everybody wants – they either want Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis, depending on if Reed is even healthy. But they want to attack that uh, New York Giants, you know, tight end defense. So that's those guys. One of those guys will be the most popular tight end on the day, I think. Vernon Davis or Jordan Reed, whichever, you know, if if Reed's healthy or not. But uh, on DraftKings, they're only about 600 less, 500 less for Reed than Evan Ingram. And if Sterling Shepard is out, you're going to get the premier tied in on this entire slate with the full workload and everything uh, at a, a little bit of reduced ownership and, and not that much more expensive than the other guys. So uh, that's a, something to keep your eye on there. That's kind of a thing that could win a tournament for you. P. Ryan, man, Derek just made my head spin when he said 70% because, yeah, that's a must play in cash. You don't want to get caught with your pants down in cash games without that kind of a guy. But in tournaments, if you're telling me a guy is going to be 70% owned, Hasn't really had a good NFL career as of yet this first year. Had fumbling issues. And 
They just signed Byron Marshall to immediately come over and take take over as the passing down running back for, for Chris Thompson. So I'm only going to get a two down back. Oh, man, I could fade that in tournaments all day long. I, I mean, you probably have a little bit there where the price is cheapest on whichever side it is, but I can fade that in tournaments all day. And then uh, I like Dotson here quite a bit, and I'll, be, I'll, have, I'll have me a load of Dotson uh, and a little bit of Crowder. He's got a good price tag too, but I think this could be the Josh Dotson blow-up spot. And Marshall's even interesting. You know, I'm glad you brought him up. These are the kind of guys that, that can help you win this slate if you're willing to roll the dice on them. The, the guy was a great pass catcher at Oregon, so steps right into a role here. And if this team's playing from behind – We've seen Chris Thompson have some big games here, and the Giants' defense we know is very vulnerable. So Marshall, a name to keep an eye on in a three-game slate, wouldn't be in our, our radar if it was a full full week, but on this three-gamer, definitely something to look at. Guys, any final thoughts on the Thanksgiving slate before we move on? Always a fun day of football. You know, we've, we've given our picks, our plays. I said make sure you zero out those lineups. We talked about cash games. Anything else before we wrap up Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, don't be afraid to use your late swap, uh, whether you're chasing in a tournament or whether you get off to a good start with some of your low-owned guys, you can pivot to some of the higher-owned guys to improve your you know, chances of cash-in and cash games, whatever it may be. Uh, don't be afraid to use your late swap. Yep, definitely. Don't let that trip to fan get to you, right, Chap? That's right. And uh, I would just uh, add on that, you know, on DraftKings, that $20, $1.5 million tournament just for these three games – has over 88,000 teams in it. So I know when I say fade Pirine, that does not compute with Notorious's computer brain there, man. You know, there's no way he's fading Pirine. But, like, for the rest of us, and we're trying to get out there and fight amongst 88,000 people, like, uh, you got to be different. You got to fade Thielen for Diggs, or you got to fade Pirine for Marshall. You just got to do something different with one team and, and hope you just and hope you get lucky. To, if we're being honest, you got to get a little bit lucky. So be a little bit different. That's it. Got to be different. Got to be creative and give yourself some outs. Give yourself some chance to, to create a unique lineup. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. You know, fading guys, leaving salary. So just just think outside the box in these big tournaments, cash games, different animals. So let's move on. Main slate. We got first game up Tampa Bay going to Atlanta. Atlanta went to Seattle. Got it done. This Tampa Bay team. You know, I, I don't know what they're doing. So. You know, is it is it all Atlanta here, Chop? Is it you know Tampa Bay maybe playing from behind, and we're interested there? What do you got, Buccaneers and Falcons? Yeah, this is an interesting game for sure. Atlanta against Tampa Bay. My first thought, almost any week, would immediately be, "Oh, Julio Jones, I'm, I can lock him in this week." But my goodness, man, this guy leaves the field more than than anybody I've ever seen in the middle of a game. Just leaves the field. He gets a little bit dinged up and misses snaps, but and he's had some sweet, sweet spots this year, and he's failed to live up to expectations. And so, I mean, he's the guy I want to play. But man, if, if we're absolutely being honest, Sanu's been the far better receiver this entire year. So, I don't know what to do about that one. I want to play Julio, but I'm a little bit. Uh, and if, if Devonte Freeman is out, then this would be a spot I would just lock in Tevin Coleman. I, I was a little bit hesitant against Seattle because that's a pretty tough run defense at home. But Tampa Bay is not, and we're in Atlanta. So uh, I'd be locking him in on my Sunday slate if uh, if Freeman's out again, which it looks like he is. So uh, for Tampa Bay, Fitzpatrick, man, Fitzmagic, he actually performed pretty well last uh, last week. And I wouldn't doubt that with Evans back and Deshaun Jackson, he, he hit Deshaun for a touchdown. So 
and he used both his tight ends pretty effectively. I think he could put up another another good price tag. So I think he could put up another uh, nice performance to to get to reach, as uh, Al Smizzle would say, reach value with with 13 minutes and 14 seconds left in this game. He has reached value, so I think he could do it again. Now, the one guy I'm not going to play this week, I made that mistake, was Doug Martin. I'm pretty much over him. I'm going to save my poor one out for later, but Doug, yeah, I'm not playing that guy anymore. So, But I do think Evans Evans is a nice target, fits magic for the price tag, and on the other side, Coleman and maybe Sanu or Jones. Doug Martin's yards per carry over the last couple of weeks, 2, 2.6, 0.9. Just... Man, he looked good in the preseason, though. Yeah, he did. I mean, you've been on him every week. It's seemingly chopping. The price is there. The matchups seem to be there. And the workload, the workload is, is you, like, Yeah, well, you said the magic thing per carry because the carries are actually there. there. But they just ain't getting it done, and even in good matchups, man. Yeah, well, and this is not a, you know, 10-point underdogs is not yeah. a great spot for a running back. So, Derek, uh, Buccaneers seems like chops mainly on the Falcons. I agree with them. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, don't mind a little Fitz magic on the Buccaneers side. It'll be interesting to see how the slate plays out. I haven't built a dummy lineup yet. You know, last week we wanted to pay up a quarterback. Most weeks we want to pay down. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, if we do end up paying down, I don't mind Fitzpatrick. Looked pretty decent last week. Uh, good matchup against the Falcons where they're going to be playing from behind. I like Mike Evans to bounce back here. Uh, almost had a big week uh, last week, but just missed the touchdown, uh, at least from what I saw. Uh, in the bar, you know, it's hard to keep up with that many games uh, talking <laughs> to all these people. But uh, I did see him uh, almost catch a touchdown. But So I like him to bounce back a little bit. Um, as for the tight ends, I just don't know which one to play right now. It seems like when I like Brait, uh, those are the O.J. Howard weeks. So I'll probably be avoiding them. For the Falcons, yeah, Tevin Coleman, he's pretty much a lock if Freeman ends up being out. He handled 67% of the snaps and had 70% of the Falcons running back touches. Last week against the Seahawks, and it's obviously a good matchup against the Bucks. I don't know what to do with Julio Jones. I mean, he was so close to having that big game against the Panthers a couple weeks back. He just seems to leave so much on the on the field. Uh, I'll probably play a little bit in tournaments just because I have to at this point. Uh, you know, I can't miss out on his big game if he ever has one. But he won't be on uh, my main lineup, I don't think. And, uh, yeah, I agree with Chop. I think Sanu is the better play at this point. Yeah, I mean, huge team total for Atlanta. You know, this one's approaching 50, so they're going to put some points on the board. I, I like Julio Jones quite a bit. Tevin Coleman, uh, intriguing if Freeman is out, but pretty much stick with the studs. Fitzmagic, he's all right. You know, he, he looks like a decent option here that I don't think a lot of people go to. If they're playing from behind, we know he's going to wing the ball around. So uh, intriguing in a tournament. All right, I think this one we can save some time on, guys. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, big favorites at home. For me, it's pretty much A.J. Green, maybe a little bit of Andy Dalton. Uh, Derek, can you got anything else besides that? If not, let's move on to some better games here. Well, I mean, we can't play A.J. Green at home, right? Yeah, some some guy we know <laughs> told me that a long time ago. Uh, yeah, not, not a lot to like in this one. Uh, the Bengals are averaging 55 plays a game, which is the lowest of any team in the last 10 years. So uh, just not a lot to like on their offense. They're just not running enough plays. Cleveland, I mean, Corey Coleman played back or came back last week and um, you know played 93% of snaps, saw 34% of the market share. So I don't mind him in tournaments, uh, only 4,300 uh, if you want to go that route, but that's about it for me. Chop, Browns, Bengals, what do you got? 
Yeah, well, the same guy who says you can't play A.G. Green at home was also caught stealing all the free T-shirts at the Roto-Grinders <laughs> party this week. And I, I think his bankroll may be running a little low because of those splits. So I don't know if I trust that one. But, uh, yeah, I think you could fire up a little A.J. Green if you wanted to. I don't even – I'm not hating on Joe Mixon either, man. I mean, you're uh, eight-point favorites at home at some point, you know. You're going, you're going to score some points somehow if you're Cincinnati. But I guess the premier play here would be the Cincinnati defense. Yep, and I like the Corey Coleman call, Derek, as well. You know, coming into that offense, Josh Gordon not going to be back for another week at least. So uh, we know Kaiser loves to throw to him, and they're playing from behind. I, I like that call. Got it done against Jacksonville. I uh, should be able to get it done against Cincinnati, but not a ton here. So let's move on. We got Tennessee and Indy, another game. Chop, I mean, it, it's Indy's pretty much done for the year seemingly. So Tennessee still has playoff aspirations. They go into Indy, about three-point favorites here, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Total's all right, 44. So we trust Mariota. Is this a spot for him to get healthy? Colt side, you know, what do we do against this Tennessee defense? Yeah, so I think uh, this is a sneaky good game right here with the Colts having a little extra time here to prepare for this game. You know, that's going to help them keep this thing a little bit close. Uh, I don't mind Mariota. I'd probably, you know, Corey Davis may be a, the more popular wide receiver to pair him with, but I think I'll still go back to Rashard Matthews. I think Corey Davis is kind of the flavor of the week right now, but uh, I think Rashard Matthews is still good over Mr. Reliable for him. So I don't mind the Mariota to Rashard Matthews stack. You can go Delaney Walker too. 5K is not a bad price for one of the better tight ends in the game. Uh, but Indianapolis, man, like I said, coming off a of bye, I think they can keep this game a little bit close. And I, if they do, it's going to be because T.Y. is healthy and he's at home and Brissett. You know, we saw the two games ago, we seen him connect with Hilton against the Houston Texans multiple times for big scores. So this is just as good of a defense to pass against. I don't mind that. And of course, Jack Doyle is going to get his weekly 12 targets. So you could play that one, too. I just think there's a lot of things here you can go. I love I love the passing games in this game. Yeah, Tennessee 24th DVOA against the pass. And we know T.Y. Hilton at home, pretty much money in the bank. So I really like him. Price is under 7K. I'm with you on that one. Derek, Titans and Colts, where are we going in this one? Love Mariota here. Uh, we've seen him run the ball 11 times over the last two weeks, so you know I think he's feeling better. Colts not very good pass defense. They're not great against the run either, but slightly better. Uh, and I don't really want to touch Murray or Henry anyway. Uh, for the pass catcher, I like Delaney Walker the most. Uh, he's yet to score a touchdown this season, but he has at least nine targets in three of his last four games. The yards have been there. The target's been there. He just needs to find the end zone. Should be able to do that this week, hopefully against the uh, against the Colts. So I like him, and yeah, I mean we just keep getting hyped up over Corey Davis, but he's yet to do anything uh, at the pro level. So I agree with Chop. I like Richard Matthews a little bit more for the Colts. Yeah, sneaky good spot. Jacoby Brissett uh, to T.Y. Hilton or Doyle to take your pick. I think uh, I think you can stack this game even. Forty four seems you know pretty low compared to some of the other ones, but I think this has some shootout potential. We know they're playing indoors. And, uh, yeah, the Titans a lot better against the run than they are against the pass. So that plays into the hands of uh, Hilton and Doyle. All right, next game, Derek. we got Bills. We've got Chiefs. Two teams that just awful last week. And, and I, I can't believe that this team, talking to Bills here, is actually thinking about running Nathan Peterman back out there again. Like, what did we not see last week that says this guy's not ready to play at this level? I mean – I think we all had Chargers defense, so we were happy about that. But five interceptions and a half, then Tyrod comes in and actually brings the team back somewhat uh, in this game. And they still lost by 30, but 
at, at least he made it somewhat respectable. So, Derek, is there any way in hell this team starts Peterman in this game against the Chiefs? And then the Chiefs side, we were all over the Chiefs. So, you know, let's stack them up. You stack them all different ways against the Giants. Chiefs, Chiefs onslaught, they told me, was going to be successful. So my third and wrong was the Chiefs in general, but mainly Kareem Hunt. You know, he was kind of the guy out of necessity that we rostered last week because we had so much salary left over. He was okay, but he didn't fulfill what we wanted him to. So what the hell are we doing in this one? Because both teams are not playing good football right now. Oh, Peterman, five interceptions the first half. Uh, I saw a stat that's more than like 10 other quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Um, yeah, so I saw a tweet. He was the defensive player of the week or something. <laughs> Caused so many interceptions. Oh, yeah, I, I can't imagine they go back to him. They even said that he wasn't ready to play after the game. So if they do, then just load up on the Chiefs' defense and uh, don't worry about the Bills. But even if Tyrod's back there, I don't really have any interest in the Bills. Uh, McCoy don't really like expensive running backs. His ten point road dogs. I know he does a lot of you know pass game work, but not really a guy for me here. Uh, you know we've seen him. You know, kind of limited uh, when they've been getting blown out in the last few weeks. He did uh, score a couple touchdowns last week, but I'll be passing on McCoy. Kevin Benjamin left the game early. Keep your eye on that. Not really going to matter, but uh, <laughs> so don't keep don't don't even keep your eye on it. Just <laughs> okay. Chief side or that. <laughs> Chief side never happened. Uh, I actually like Kareem Hunt. Uh, maybe I'm just uh, you know pot committed at this point. Um, but he had a couple big plays called back against the Giants. Uh, the touchdown regression, we expected it earlier in the year, and now the pendulum's kind of swinging the other way where we kind of expect him to start scoring again. I think it's been six weeks since he scored. The Bills, uh, since trading away, Marcel Darius have been the worst run defense in football. So I think he's going to get going here. Ten-point favorite at home. The price has come down. I think he's going to be popular, but you know maybe after burning so many people, uh, the, the ownership won't be as high as it was a week ago. As for the passing game, I just think, you know, they're going to build a big lead and then kind of sit on it. So, for me, it's Hunt and Chiefs defense. And I'm fine going back to Hunt. You know, we, we saw it last week. Jordan Howard burned everybody. He went back to him this week. He was very low-owned. You know, Fitzmagic had a decent game. Marvin Jones. So, we talk about it all the time. Have a short memory. This is a great spot for him. Just, just because he didn't do what we wanted him to do last week, you can go back to him here this week. Like you said, big home favorite. So, Chop. Peterman, do you really think they're going to go there? Bills, Chiefs, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I when they at the beginning of the year, the reason I said I wasn't going to use LaShawn McCoy this year very much was because it really felt like Buffalo was, for some reason, trying to tank, you know? I don't know why. They just felt like they were trying to tank. They were making weird trades and getting rid of good people. I just thought they were ready to give up on the year, and then they came out and they won games, and – I think there's still the front office is still trying to force the tank in there, you know, like, yeah, get Peterman in there. We want to lose games. I don't know what's going on, man. So, yeah, OK, I won't touch any of them, whether it's Peterman or Taylor. This is not the game I want to play any of these guys. So I'll pass on that side of and if they do start Peterman, well, you know what? You fire up your KC defense. Uh, and on the flip side, Kansas City, I'll go back to Kareem Hunt. I'll give him another shot, even though. Uh, the writing's been on the wall here for several weeks. Like, I mean, it's easy to look in hindsight and go, oh, heck, we shouldn't have played Kareem Hunt. He's only a two-down back and, you know, not getting the touchdowns. And he's losing a lot of work to Sharkandrick West and everything. But I'll go back to him again. I, I, I'm a glutton for punishment, man. So I'll take another shot. But I think, uh, I think you know, Kelsey had a real nice week last week. But I think this is the week it swings a little bit more to Tyreek Hill and he hits for a home run or two. And 
Uh, Buffalo got ate up by Keenan Allen last week, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tyreek Hill does what Keenan did, but with less catches, but more yards, more big plays. So I'll go, I'll go Tyreek Hill here. These are the worst two rated teams, uh, according to football outsiders against the run. So, you know, we, we talked hunt, we kind of glossed over McCoy and I know if it's Peterman, I have no interest. If Tyrod's in there, uh, I think McCoy is a decent play in this one. So we'll see, you know, are they in, are they in, obviously they're in, you know, give up mode. If it's Peterman, they want to lose games, but, it's Tyrod, I, I'm a little bit more interested in this Buffalo offense. Next game, guys, 17-point spread. Maybe the biggest spread we've seen all season long. We got Miami going to New England. So, Chop, big, big favorites here. We know this running situation has been frustrating for people between Lewis, uh, between Burkhead, between White. My boy Gillisley can't even get on the damn field. Uh, and then Miami's been a mess. So, do they have any shot here going into New England? Miami, I'll use my poor one out right here for Devontae Parker. Oh. I saw that nice low price tag last week and uh, against Tampa Bay, and I thought that was going to be the guy. I thought the Steels, the Kenny Steels stat line would, would be Devontae Parker's, and it wasn't. And it was a, quite the opposite, actually. So poor one out for Devontae Parker. Don't know if I could use him too much the rest of the year. I mean, that's probably probably my last time rostering him. and just a lot of competition there for catches. Uh, so Miami, yeah, I don't like, uh, I mean, yeah, I think you go to Jarvis Landry cause in garbage time, he may rack up 15 targets in this game cause they'll be behind and behind the whole game. And uh, it's a susceptible defense to the pass, even though they shut down Oakland last week. So I think Parker's the guy or, uh, Landry's the guy you could use, uh, New England. Yeah, obviously they're going to, they're going to be able to name whatever score they want. And often with New England at home, it's not just, well, let's build a lead, and then we could pound our running back in there. Sometimes they just keep on throwing and throwing and throwing, and next thing you know, Brady's got his 300-plus yards and four touchdowns, and he's all the, you know he's the whole offense, and they really didn't use the running backs that much. So this thing, this thing could go anywhere. But um, my first thought is Brady to Brandon Cooks again, fired up one more time. I'm not willing to trust Gronkowski. Uh, I see too much Martellus Bennett on the field taking – taking targets away from Gronk, and uh, I just don't want to go there. Gronk's pretty expensive, so I could pass on that. But I think Cooks is the number one guy here. If I was going to pick a New England bag, it's going to be Deion Lewis. Uh, I think there actually is a, a case to be made for – I mean, listen, people are going to use Rex, Bur- Rex Burkhead again, and they may even use James White. He'll go He'll go a little bit kind of in the middle there, Deion Lewis will. So I think there's – there's some merit to Deion Lewis in this game. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they, they're going to do however they want to do. Even when they get up, you're right. They throw a lot. They'll they'll put, drop the hammer. It's a divisional opponent, so they, they'll really drop the hammer, but they can do it with the run as well. So Deion Lewis under 5K, very intriguing. I think we all poured one out for Derek or Parker, Devontae Parker. <laughs> Derek Parker. Devontae Parker. I remember standing there with Derek and we're talking, and what, what's Parker got? One catch. <laughs> Then we see him like, oh, he touched the ball. He's actually involved in the game. I mean, it was that bad uh, for Parker. So, Derek, any interest in this Miami side? Big underdogs. Kind of agree with Chop's point. Maybe a receiver. So, is it Parker? Is it Landry? And then any any specific plays on New England? A lot of options to choose from. That's fine. You can pour one out for me, too. Uh, you know, I talked to like 40, 50 people uh, at the RG party on Sunday, and I was the only one that wasn't winning money. So, uh, <laughs> what are the odds of that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I ended up pivoting to Deion Lewis and that still didn't help, uh, over Burkhead just cause I was trying to catch up points, but, uh, 
yeah, I don't know what to do with the Patriots uh, backfield. You know, even though Lewis had the big game, still only played 45% of snaps. Uh, Burkhead saw 33. James White saw 30. So, yeah, they're still just uh, – you never know which one's going to go off. I think Lewis is probably the best bet for a touchdown just because he's getting the carries. But it's just hard for me in a bigger slate. Um, so I, I kind of like Brady in the passing game a little bit too, like going back to Cooks, especially if Hogan's out. And um, I agree with Chop. Gronk's just a little too expensive. Uh, especially since I even saw Dwayne Allen get a ball last week, I think. And uh, for the Dolphins' side, I do like Jarvis Landry quite a bit. I know Matt Moore likes to throw the ball to Stills, uh, but Landry last year against the Patriots, 9 for 76 in a touchdown and 10 for a buck 35. So they're going to be playing from behind, and he's kind of the guy that's just going to rack up all of those late targets. Uh, for their running backs, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think both of them can see some some garbage time out of the backfield as well, but just hard to trust either one of them. Maybe tournament flyers. And Landry, six touchdowns in his last seven games. I mean, it's it's almost been every week the guy's getting touchdowns, which is always the knock on him. We thought Parker would get all the touchdowns, and you know Landry's just getting it done. So great play on DraftKings and Jarvis Landry and the Patriots. You can attack it any way you want. A lot of options there. You know, I think James White, Brandon Cook's my favorite, obviously, along with Tom Brady. All right. Next game, Derek, we got Carolina going to New York to play the Jets. Pretty low total here, right around 40. Carolina, four-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. You know, Is Cam Newton a guy that you're looking at here going to New York against this Jets defense? And then how do the Jets respond? Pretty good defense for Carolina. Any interest in the Jets side at home? Not a ton, ton of interest in Cam. He's been playing well lately. I mean, decent matchup, but uh, Jets, yeah, like you mentioned, they've been a little bit better at home. Uh not too interested in McCaffrey either. It just feels like he's a little expensive. I think he's fine in cash games. He's got that high floor just because he gets so many targets. But that feels like a lot for me. I think there are better options. Um, Craig Olson should be coming back this week, but I think I like Devin Funches if I'm targeting anyone. His ownership should be down. You know, hasn't really had that big game yet, and uh, you know, I think a lot of people will just not play him just because Olson's active. On the Jets side. Not a lot to like here. Carolina's ranked uh, ninth in DVA against the run and third in DVA against the pass. Forte probably going to be back. So, yeah, pretty much a stay away from me on the Jets side. All right, Chop. Carolina, Jets, pretty low total. Any more interest than we have in this one? No, not really. Jets uh, side is a total pass for me. And Carolina side, uh, I mean, I really like Cam Newton. I think he has – you know, with the rushing stuff, he has he has a chance to be the highest scoring quarterback on any slate when he gets out and runs. So I don't mind Cam Newton. I don't mind Devin Funches. He's the one receiver who can maybe do some damage against uh, Morris Claiborne. But with a bye week like the Jets have had, I think that they've had plenty of time to implement some kind of game plan to control Christian McCaffrey and control some of this stuff. So both teams are actually coming off a bye week. I think that's going to be a really tough defensive matchup for for both of these opposing offenses yeah pretty ugly in this one and you know not a lot of options that i like a low total game so maybe a mccaffrey for me cam is intriguing but i think there's other quarterbacks uh, that we can look at uh, that probably give you a little bit better floor and probably more upside as well next game guys another big spread you know we we got like five games with with spreads of nine or more and this is another one a chicago going to philadelphia 13 in this one chop so Eagles are on a roll, you know, playing really good football right now. Do, do they just come out and throttle this Bears team? Bears have been pretty good defensively. Can they stop the Philadelphia onslaught? And then what do you do 
with the Bears? Is that a complete fade here in, in a big underdog spot? Uh, well, let me. I'll start off with Philadelphia. Yeah, this is going to be a, a steamrolling right here. They're 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 going to uh, do whatever they want to do. My first thought is that they're going to make sure Alshon Jeffrey gets in the end zone here with a little revenge here for his old team. So I think they just make sure that if they're around the goal line at some point, they give him plenty of targets to give him a fair chance to get in the end zone. So I'm cool with going Alshon Jeffrey there. Uh, I would love to play Ajayi here, but man, just, you know, I keep thinking the workload's going to uptick a little bit and it's so frustrating sitting there watching him only get his seven or eight carries a game right now. So until that changes, I'm going to pass. They've legit got like four guys they use in the backfield and I don't want to mess with any of it. So I'd look for Alshon Jeffrey, maybe Zach Ertz, although that's another expensive tight end. It hasn't looked good uh, past couple games because of health issues. So I don't know if I want to go there. I think Alshon's my number one choice for Philly. For Chicago, it it would usually be a very hard pass, but I'm going to give you one name as a deep, deep sleeper that I might I might want to play this week, and that's Dontrell Inman, and that's about it. All right. Uh, I love the Alshon Jeffrey narrative call. Didn't even think of that, so good call there. All right, Derek, uh, Bears, Eagles, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I like the Inman call. A lot of people uh, went to him late last week as a good value play. Didn't really do much, but he didn't have a bad game, and they're going to be playing from behind, so I don't mind that. Uh, but I like Tariq Cohen quite a bit. Uh, 3,800, logged over 50% in the snaps last week. They played him with Jordan Howard at times, and he also saw nine rushes. So in a game where they're going to be playing from behind, we know Jordan Howard can't catch the ball. He's got hands of brick, so uh, I like Cohen quite a bit in this one. Uh, the Eagles, I agree with Chop. just Alshon Jeffrey for me. Bears have a pretty good defense, so Wentz is a little too expensive for my taste. Uh, the running backs, since the Ajayi trade, Blunt has had 31% of the carries, Clement 26, and Ajayi only 21% of the carries. So he's a tough sell for me right now. Uh, he has looked good, but they're just not giving him a big enough workload. And then uh, Ertz kind of a fade for me too since the Bears are so tough against tight ends. All right, next game, let's move right along. We got Seattle going to San Francisco, and – Derek, Russell Wilson is a man on a mission right now. They've pretty much abandoned the run. Uh, Thomas Rawls with a healthy scratch, and Wilson's just doing it all for this team. 7000 on DraftKings, and I know the pricing wasn't able to adjust because that was a Monday night game. This looks like a, a hell of a spot. Probably my favorite quarterback on this slate going to San Francisco. Thoughts on Seattle, Russell Wilson, and anything on the 49ers? Yeah, first off, what is Pete Carroll doing? Uh, going for that fake field goal? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and, the, and then the terrible challenge yeah. play later on in the game. Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, he's doing. But, yeah, Russell Wilson, great spot for him. He has 85% of the Seahawks' yards this season and 95% of their touchdowns. That's pretty crazy. Um, so 7000 definitely a great price. We know the Niners, terrible defense. So I really like the Wilson call. Uh, if I'm paying up for quarterback, it's definitely going to be him. Uh, Jimmy Graham has 12 targets inside the 10-yard line. They're just looking to him every time they get down in the red zone, so I like him quite a bit. Even though the Niners, uh, you know, they don't allow, allow a lot of passes to the tight end, but I think this is a spot where Graham just keeps it rolling. Uh, Doug Baldwin kind of burned a lot of people if you played that uh, Monday night game. He did catch a touchdown, but only had uh, two for 40, so I like going back to him as well. I think it's just a great spot for their offense as a whole. For the Niners, uh, you know, I'm interested to see if Garoppolo is going to get the start. Hopefully he'll draw a start here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Carlos Hyde's been really good, but 
Yeah, the the Seahawks run defense has been a little bit better. I mean, they they were pretty good against Tevin Coleman last week, so it's not a lot to like for me on on the Niners side. Yeah, I agree. Not much over there, but chop Russell Wilson. How high is he on your quarterback list this week? Oh man, yeah, he's 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 way up there, and he's going to be up there every single week for from here on out, even in the even in the tougher matchups. And this isn't one of them, but I mean, I remember when we did this thing like the second or third week. The one thing I I had read that stat, and it was that you know as the season progresses, his fantasy points always go up as the months progress. It gets colder, he gets better, and I mean. And we're seeing it now. This is what he does. And they don't have a running game. So he's taking over everything. Quarterbacks who run are the absolute fantasy pinnacle. There's nothing better than a quarterback who's willing to take off and get you yards on the ground. It's like having a little mini running back inside of a quarterback on your fantasy on your fantasy totals. And usually we used to eat that up in college DFS, but we don't have that anymore. And there's only a few guys like Russell. Russell and Cam and maybe Dak Prescott. There's only a few guys who will do that. And he's one of them. And because of that rushing, he's the odds on favor to be the number one fantasy QB any given week. So love Russell Wilson. Pair him with Jimmy. Pair him with Doug. He's going to get it to somebody. He's going to find the good matchups. They're making a real effort to get Jimmy Graham touchdowns these days. So, I'll, I mean, I would list Jimmy Graham right up there at the top of my tight end list for sure. Uh, and on the flip side, Frisco, yeah, it just doesn't interest me. I know Beathard is uh, – I'm I'm not a Beathard hater, but I certainly don't think he's uh, the, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I think uh, he'll have a hard time exposing the Seattle secondary, and that's the real weakness. So I don't think he gets the job done, and so I don't want to have too much exposure to any of these guys. Yeah, even with that secondary dealing with injuries, it's still you know, do you really want to rely on the San Francisco offense? So you know, Beathard an, an intriguing tournament option, but uh, there's so many other quarterbacks that we've talked about, guys that are in better spots that. I don't think you need to go there. I, I get it if somebody was thinking about it, uh, but it's all Russell Wilson to me. Uh, for me on this one, and like I said, Jimmy Graham's been playing some great ball. They throw it him in like New Orleans used to in the red zone. Like, let's just throw it up, see what happens. He's getting so many looks, so many targets uh, in the end zone that uh, I think he finds the end zone here again against San Francisco. All right, game of the week. That's two weeks in a row, Chop. Jared Goff is in the game of the week, but – this one's going to be a doozy, not only for fantasy, but for real life. And a big total in this one. A lot to look at, a lot to like here. But boy, Todd Gurley's got to be at the top of that list, though. Two, you know, home favorites, 53-point total. In New Orleans, the defense has improved. But PVA against the run, 25th in the league. So, chop, Gurley, right? we got to lock him in here. I think it's a fantastic game for Todd Gurley. Just, oh, man. Uh, I would say that, uh, well, I was looking at it today just to try to get a head start on some of the research for this week because it's a short week. I didn't even kind of realize, but, you know, this guy leads the NFL in rushing attempts inside the five-yard line. Like, that's what makes him so good in cash games and fantasy is that, you know, it's a good offense. And once they get inside the five-yard line, they're going to turn around and hand the ball to him. They don't play around. So he's got a great chance just to fall in for touchdowns every game. And that's if he doesn't break it. And in this case, I think there's a chance for a big play here. I think they get the ball to him out in space. And in the passing game, I think I think this is a really good Todd Gurley game. We saw uh, Robert Woods leave the game last week with an injury, and that really hurts everybody. That hurts golf. That hurts Sammy Watkins because Watkins is for sure going to get 
Lattimore, if Lattimore is healthy this week, you know, it's going to hurt all the receivers. So for that reason, I think, I think the Rams score points, but I think it comes on the back of Todd Gurley. So that's my guy I want to go with and don't really have much interest in the wide receivers here for the saints. I mean, God dang, man, I wish I would have uh, really committed to the Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara bandwagon a few weeks back. Cause you'd be a rich man right now. I keep thinking that it's, it's going to end here and that Drew Brees is going to have a good game and they keep just throwing it in my face, man. When you sit there and watch Ingram run like two plays and for 60 yards in overtime and it, it, nobody can stop him in the, in that game last week, it just really, it's really, a, it's really heartbreaking, man, when you didn't really roster them too much. So uh, for that reason, I think uh, you got to get you some exposure to these guys. You could even put them in the same backfield if you want to, but uh, we could keep going back to Michael Thomas if we want, but I think Michael Thomas is what he is right now. Seven catches for 91 yards. That's pretty much the stat line he puts up every week. If we get a touchdown, it'd be the first one of the year. I think I'm not sure, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's tough to keep going back to the passing game because the running game works so well. So it'd be hard for me to trust Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn here. But uh, I guess it is a shootout. You never know what's going to happen. But, man, I'm going to go back to the running game some more. Yeah, I've seen a lot of winning lineups with both of these guys in it. You know, it's very reminiscent of Atlanta. I don't know if I talked about that here on a different show. But last season, you'd see Freeman, Coleman in a lot of the same lineups. And generally, it's not a roster build you, you think of. But that's the way you beat this Rams team. Yeah. You know, they rate out as the best defense in the league, but against the run, they are vulnerable. So, Derek, is it more Ingram, more Kamara? If you have to pick one, who is it? And then where's your Todd Gurley level uh, of interest in this game? <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the whole Ingram and, the whole Ingram and Kamara thing. We need, to, we need to know that so we know how much exposure we're going to have. Yeah, yeah, side. I got bad news for you guys. So, <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay. So the whole Ingram and Kamara thing reminds me a lot of Bitcoin. You know, I kept just waiting for it to go down to buy it, and I never bought it. And then the prices went up, and it just kept – every time I look at Bitcoin, I just cry a little bit inside. Um, same thing for Ingram and Kamara. I mean, they were like five grand a couple of weeks ago. You know, I played a little bit here and there, but not enough. Now they're 83 and 7,900. So I don't know. I'm fine with Ingram. I like him more on FanDuel just because he's 8,200, scores all the touchdowns there. Um on DraftKings, I like uh, Kareem Hunt a little bit better than both of them. Uh, don't mind Thomas. I think he's fine in cash games. He's kind of the new Jarvis Landry, um, just chain mover, which is kind of weird because he scored so many last year. For Yeah, but bad news, I do like early this week, so everybody might want to just fade him. Mm, mm, mm. You're, you're putting you're you're giving the siege the siege uh, whammy on it, man. Yep. Now I'm, I was feeling real good about it. Now I'm starting to wonder here. All right. Well, I'll have to debate that one, Derek. So if you you feel free to fade them and you make sure you message us and we'll put it in the, the comment section for everybody so we all feel better. We love you, buddy, but you you have a way to jinx Todd Gurley, like. Like no other. So and Curly and I haven't been on the same page, but uh, maybe maybe uh, it'll change this week. Well, we hope maybe so. It's but time. De- it's definitely. Time. You know, this guy does win fifty k every few weeks I, or so. So maybe uh, maybe this is the week he gets it with Todd Gurley, and we're we're on the right side. Nice. Here. Put the curse behind him. That's it, Chop. You nailed it. He's going to win some money with Gurley in that lineup. But pretty close to a must play, in my opinion. All right, we're starting to run long here, so let, let's keep it short on this one. Jacksonville, Arizona. Uh, sure, some intriguing plays here. Chop Fournette got it done eventually against Cleveland. Arizona, you know, 
Fitzgerald bounced back, but this is a Jacksonville secondary we don't really want to mess with. They're, they've been much better against the run, so hard to look at that season-long number and believe in it. So any interest in an Adrian Peterson? No Andre Ellington anymore. Uh, was cut, was picked up by Houston, if you didn't see that. So Jags, Cardinals, what do you think? Well, first of all, I'm gonna one of these days I'm gonna need Derek to explain Bitcoin to me. I still don't even know how that works. The, but the uh, old guys are like, well, what the hell? I mean, Bitcoin? come on now, man. <laughs> come on now, come on now. It seems a little shady there, Derek. Seems a little shady. All right, Arizona. I don't want any piece of Arizona. Uh, that was a premier matchup last week, and they did they did well. But I'm not going. I was on Blaine Gabbert last week, but I'm certainly not going back this week or any of these guys. I don't want any part of that. For Jacksonville. I'm going to go to Leonard Fournette, 30 touches last week, up from 19 the week before when he was a little bit still coming off of an injury, and then he missed those games before that. So 30 30 touches last week is a great sign. I think he's going to tear up this Arizona defense. Uh, Once again, I'll stick by it. If you're playing Blake Bortles, you're probably not going to win too much money this week. So I'm going to pass on Bortles and all of his all of his uh, components in the passing game. So it's a it's a Leonard Fournette or bust for me in this game. All right, Derek, you're the Jags fan. What do you got here? Jacksonville going to Arizona. Don't love a lot here. Who do you guys think Patrick Peterson's going to shadow? I mean, if it's not Marquis Slee, then I'm a monkey's uncle, man. I mean, who was he going to shadow a couple of rookies well, that haven't caught thinking. the one pass between them? So maybe D.D. Yeah. Westbrook is interesting. Uh, you know, maybe this, the 200 yards is going to come this week. Um <laughs> Didn't quite get there. Uh, and his, That was his bold prediction. It was 200 yards against the Browns last week. So he's really the only guy I'd look at. Third and, only and wrong, Didi. Third and wrong. <laughs> Come on the pod. Click, click your heels three times and you'll be back in Oklahoma playing against uh, Texas Tech and maybe it'll happen. <laughs> uh, not a ton of interest in Fournette just because I like uh, Gurley and Hunt a lot and I'll probably be paying up for those two. For the Cardinals – uh, you know, the way to beat the Jags is on the ground. And, you know, without uh, Ellington in there, AP is probably going to have 25 rushes if this game stays close. Probably not going to use him, but I certainly don't mind it if you look that way. Only 5,000 on DraftKings. Fitzgerald does get a lot of targets uh, without Palmer in his last three games without him. 30, 30, and 29% market shares. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, a little revenge game. Wow. No, I'm not. I'm not playing him. Derek's full cause. He's rolling out Blaine Gabbert. Rough man, rough. <laughs> Gabbert, Fitz, Brown, Brown stack. Oh well, Fitz has been much better at home. You know, we look at the splits, and he's almost twenty, almost twenty-seven DraftKings points a game at home, and, and does play a lot in the slot. So, not the not the worst play in the world. I know we don't like attacking that Jacksonville defense, but uh, Fitzy at fifty-six hundred. They priced him down as well. Uh, I think that's an intriguing price on him. All right, let's move on. Denver and Oakland. Denver, the Paxton Lynch show begins, Derek. So it's been a you know a, just a whirlwind of quarterbacks here. They can't seem to find somebody. I, I don't know if this guy's the answer or not. We haven't seen much out of him or anything that's looked good at least. And then Oakland, they pretty much got curb stomped by New England in, in that last game. So they're five-point favorites here at home. Who, who comes out in this game? Because this is one I don't have interest in watching. I don't have much interest. Uh, in daily either. I'm not a big college uh, football guy, so the only thing I've seen out of seen out of Lynch is uh, hasn't been very good. Um, does he run a lot in yes, college? Did he, he run was a, a big lot? time runner, and he went to high school with yeah. our own Stephen Young. So Ooh, I saw that little, little stat for you. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we know the Raiders dead last in DVOA against the pass. If he's going to run, I mean, if he can get 30 to 40 rushing yards, it's going to give him a high floor. I think, uh, you know, a 3X, 4X value isn't too terrible, but who knows? I mean, he could just come out and uh, Peter minute and get benched. So I don't really like him. I think he's fine if you need the value, but uh, probably not a core play for me. Same goes for, you know, the rest of the Broncos. Thomas and Sanders are cheap. I don't mind pairing them with Lynch if you want to do that in tournaments, but definitely not cash game plays. And, um, you know, C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, they're kind of eating into each other's production. For the Raiders' side, uh, pretty tough matchup. I mean, couldn't get anything going against the Patriots. Now they got the Broncos. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't like Cooper. I don't like Crabtree. Don't like Carr. Maybe Cook. Broncos have struggled against tight ends. All right, Chop, uh, quick thoughts on Broncos, Raiders. Jared Cook is the only play on Oakland's side I, I would even entertain taking, and I think he's a fine play. He's, he's decent enough. And uh, for Denver, I mean, like, everything about Paxton Lynch seems like uh, he's going to end up being a sleeper play for people this week, like 4.4K. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback that cheap. I'm not sure. I thought 4.5 was the lowest that it would go, but 44 Against Oakland, who's just terrible right now on defense, like everything's shaping up for a decent game out of Lynch, except for – wait for it, wait for it. He's terrible, and I've seen him in college. I thought he was a little bit overrated at Memphis, just a little bit overrated, but and I didn't think he was worth that draft pick. I haven't seen anything out of him that uh, – I think he's a poor man's Brock Osweiler. Let's be honest here, man. He may Maybe he can run a little man. bit. Maybe he can get That's you – poor. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe he gets you a little bit of running. Like, if you get some running production, then maybe you could pay off that tag, and that's fine. But I definitely don't think he's going to do it through the air. I haven't seen anything out of him that says he's a decent passing quarterback in the NFL. And because of that, you're at the mercy of your quarterback if you're a receiver. That brings Thomas and Sanders off the board for me if I don't think this guy can pass. So maybe he reaches value just by running the ball because that's about the only thing he's going to be able to do, but I don't think he gets it done in the air. So I'm going to pass on the rest of those guys. Let me put this in perspective for you. He is cheaper than Nathan Peterman this week. Oh, well, let me, if you're, if you're watching out there and you're a sharp, by all means play Paxton Lynch and then find my head to head, please. Absolutely. I mean, when you're cheaper than the guy just threw five interceptions and a half, you're just not very good. And again, we haven't seen much out of this guy. So, the matchup would seemingly be there, but I, I'm not. I'm not playing Paxton Lynch. Hey man, now watch this guy come and drop a 300 yard bonus on us with four well, touchdowns and just and it's 100 it's, yards on the ground. It's only yeah, a matter sure. of time before they cancel this podcast. So if we get something else wrong, I mean, hey, just just add it to the list. I mean, it is what it is. All right, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, guys. You saw me in misery at the bar, Derek. Just just watching the Green Bay team and Brett Hundley. You know, I, I I don't know what they're thinking. They're going to stick with him. I know behind him, Joe Callahan, not much better. But this is just all the, the Steelers, right? I mean, Antonio Brown should feast once again here. Yeah, Bear, you had the right amount of misery. Uh, my wife, she's a big Packer fan. I think she was playing it up a little bit. She was screaming at people at the bar, and oh man. I've never seen that side of her with the Packer game on. Hey man, we're, we're not new to our team looking, getting shut out at home by the Baltimore Ravens. That, that's true. And uh, they did have four or five in, or turnovers the first half. That was a pretty ugly game. But, um, yeah, I think you avoid them here. Devonta Adams has been very good with Hunley uh, under center. 
he has 27 catches, 335, and two touchdowns in those five games. But I don't think I could play him. 5,800 seems like a lot for me. On the Steelers side, you just play the usual suspects. You play uh, Bell, you play Brown, um, and that's about it for me. Yeah, Brown, 9,700 chops. You, you pay a pretty penny to play some Antonio Brown, but this, this matchup, my only worry, they're big favorites in this game. You know, So maybe it's a good time to swerve over and go to Le'Veon Bell, who will be a lot less owned in my opinion. Green Bay's not been as bad against the run, but they haven't been great either. So Bell, Brown, both, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so for Green Bay, it's a, a total fade, and that's pretty easy. Pittsburgh, they feast on bad quarterbacks, and and I think Brett Hundley kind of fits that description, so I don't want any, any piece of that offense. Pittsburgh, yeah, I think uh, Le'Veon Bell would be my most popular. I mean, he's easily, easily the number one running back if I was going to rank all of them on an all-game slate, so easily the number one guy, uh, and I like Le'Veon Bell quite a bit. Uh, I think Brown could get there. I think Martavis could get there on one play. Uh, but I think uh, and at that price tag, Brown could still get there even at that price tag. But I just don't know how much upside there's going to be in those guys because because it will be a blowout. But I think Bell just absolutely crushes this game. Now, is Bell number one over Gurley because Derek's on Gurley or just because you like Bell? No, nah, that, that threw my rankings for a loop when he said he was on. <laughs> I honestly didn't think – I didn't think he was going to be on Gurley. I, I mean, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I might have to change my faith hill now. Oh, gosh. All right. Derek, we love you, buddy. Houston, Whoa. Baltimore, Chop, let's wrap it up. This game's not going to be on a lot of slates, guys, unless you're playing you know, the entire week slate, which most people are going to focus only on Thursday, so – Chop, quick thoughts here. I don't think there's much to this game anyway. Houston and Baltimore. Uh, Yeah, Baltimore's defense uh, would be my number one defense this week if they were on any any slate I'm playing. Number one, uh, offenses in this game are a pretty hard pass for me. Even Baltimore's offense is a hard pass. Just It's just a terrible offensive game here. Let me put this in perspective for you. Tom Savage, the same price as Paxton Lynch mm. at 4400 mm. So... No interest for me either. I like that Baltimore call. Pittsburgh's defense. You know, we, we didn't mention them. I think they're in play as well. Derek, wrap us up. Houston, Baltimore. It's kind of interesting. DraftKings did their Thursday to Monday slate. They included the Thursday night game, but not the two-day games. Yeah. Um, Very weird. And FanDuel did a Monday-Thursday slate, but only had the early Thursday yeah. game. Instead of making it a fun four-game slate, let's make it a two-game slate. So I, I don't know. I, I don't understand these decisions, but – yeah, this one, not a lot of people are going to get to play anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't have much interest I like the Ravens D, and I want to see uh, how many snaps Woodhead gets. Did have six targets and only 13 last week, but uh, don't play him uh, until we know. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he looked all right. I think his role will grow uh, as we go along, but but no interest here. All right, Chop, you got a Faith Hill play ready for us here for week 12. Well, I mean, on my list, I, I, I had Ty Gurley on there. He's had a couple rough games where – the stats don't look all that great, and uh, but I think this is the week they really get him the ball in space, and and he has a big game. So I don't know if that wouldn't classify it as a sleeper, but I, I'll say a Faith Hill pick, Todd Gurley. Now I didn't know both of you guys were going to be on him. That I know you were going to be on him a little, but Derek's kind of threw me for a loop there. So I don't know, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Todd Gurley. I don't want to I don't want to go against what I have on my list, man. It's been pretty good to me so far. All right, Derek, who's your Faith Hill play for Week 12? I'll go Kareem Hunt. The workload's been there. He just hasn't scored any touchdowns. He hasn't scored in seven weeks. 
And uh, the game flow has kind of been weird the last few. So I think he's going to bounce back. Ten-point favorite at home against the Bills, who, uh, you know, since they traded away that tack- defensive tackle, they've been the worst run D in the NFL. All right, I'm going to keep the faith in Julio Jones, guys. You guys both talked about him in, in that early game. But Tampa Bay 28th in the league against the pass. And we said it. It's only a matter of time before he has a big game. And that's not the reason you play somebody. But we know the talent is there. We know the matchup is there. I think this is a blow-up spot with everybody looking to probably pay for an Antonio Brown, a Le'Veon Bell, some of the other studs. And Julio Jones down to 7,700 on DraftKings. I, I think he gets it going this week against Tampa. My faith he'll play for week 12. All right, guys, any bold calls? Final thoughts here. Let's wrap this baby up. Derek, we'll start with you. All right, my bold calls are going to be uh, turkey-related. I'm going to go Derek McKinnon. Uh, is on the winning tournament lineups. I like him in this spot against the Lions. And then I'm going to go Dak Prescott, over 80 rushing yards and a touchdown. Oh, I like it. I like the Thanksgiving plays. Chop, bold calls for Week 12. Bold call. Uh, I'll, I'll sneak this one in here. I, I think that there's a scenario in which Deion Lewis can get you 100 yards and a touchdown this week on the ground for New England. I think that that is very feasible. As a bold call, another bold call. Uh, I will eat pumpkin pie year round. I don't just need the holidays. I love me some pumpkin pie. Oh yeah, uh, you know I can eat. So I'm gonna be tearing up some Thanksgiving. Bold call. Mike Williams goes over 100 yards, has his breakout game against this Dallas secondary. 3100. I think he tears it up again. Over 100 yards and a touchdown. My bold call for Week 12. All right, guys. Final thoughts. Thanksgiving on the brain here. Chop. What do you got? Final thoughts for week 12. You know, it is Thanksgiving, so we, sh- we probably should give thanks to uh, something out there. And I would say I- I'm actually pretty thankful for the for the amount of people who actually came up to me this past weekend and said that they, you know, they listened to the podcast and, and they enjoy it. And uh, like, that's something I that's that's no matter how many times you hear it. It's pretty cool that people actually want to listen to you and hear your takes on this stuff. So very thankful for everybody who listens to this thing every week and, and puts up with us. Couldn't agree more. It's a lot to put up with. So our wives have to do it every day, but you guys, uh, we appreciate you listening, Chop. I I echo those sentiments a lot. It was great to meet all those people out at the party. So Derek, final thoughts here for week 12, Thanksgiving. What do you got? Yeah, definitely thanks to the listeners and thanks to Roto-Grinders for keeping us on this long. Uh, Not sure what they're thinking on their part, but we'll take it. And uh, yeah, just enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, Watch some football. Pretend like you like your family. and yeah, have a good one. All right. Enjoy those Fs. Food, family, friends, football. Should be a fun week, guys. So thanks as always to listening. We do really appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody be safe out there. If you're traveling, going across the country, driving, flying, whatever you're doing, please do it safely. We'll be back next week. Should have more of a normal schedule, but enjoy that Thanksgiving slate. Enjoy the main slate. You guys got any questions? We're all available on Twitter. You can hit us up in the comment section of the podcast. But thank you again everybody for listening for chop for noto i am beer again happy thanksgiving guys we'll see you right back here next week